0: So this happened about 8 years ago, when I was 17. We're from the Bronx, and everyone knew who we were on my block. I was the one raising my brothers, so I would take them everywhere I went. But we would spend the summer days at the zoo, or different parks in New York City. One particular summer day, I had taken them to the park, not too far from home, and we headed back, right before the sunset. As we crossed the street and approached somewhat of an isolated street, I noticed a black van up ahead. Being from New York City, you learn not to react to strange things, but I was still keeping an eye on the van because it was parked right in front of a fire hydrant and didn't have a license plate. I had my then two-year-old brother carried on my right side of my hip, told my seven-year-old brother to get on the right side of me, putting him between myself and the building, and kept walking as fast as I could without raising suspicion. As we were about five feet away from the van, a man steps out from the driver's side and is headed towards the back of the van, but another opens the passenger door but doesn't come out. At this point, the man is approaching us and making an uncomfortable amount of eye contact with me. Something in me decided to point out a window of a house behind him and say loudly as if I was speaking to my brothers, Look, it's not even curfew yet and Mama's already looking out the window for us. The man stops right in his tracks and looks where I pointed and then looks at us one more time, then ran back into the van. They started it but didn't move, so I grabbed my brother's hand and crossed the street and knocked on the door of my supposed home and prayed that someone would answer. I knocked again and after 15 seconds of sweating bullets, a woman answered the door and I explained to her in a quick whisper that I believed that the men in the van behind us were trying to abduct us and that we needed her to pretend to be our mom. She paused for a second and then smiled and let us in and locked the door behind us. She asked if we were okay and if we needed to call the police. I said that if they weren't gone in the next 10 minutes then yes. When she looked outside about 7 minutes later the fan was gone. After that I had called the son of the shop owner near the building and asked him to meet us and walk us home and he did. Thank God that woman was home. She told me that she had left work early that day because of a bad migraine. Whatever was at work, I'm grateful for it. This happened about three years ago. It was mid-June around 9.50pm and twilight was fading into the night. It was hot as fuck and I decided to take my then two-year-old son on a short walk around the block to cool off. We were only a half a block away from the house when this 1980s automobile slowly crept up behind us and slowed down to match our pace. My two-year-old was in the stroller. I stopped and the car stopped. I could see that there were four large men inside, all wearing the same black hoodies. Then two men exited the car at the same time. One of them went to the house in front of me and stopped at the door. Another to the house behind me and stood at the house door like they were going to knock. The car with the other two men remaining inside, to my left, essentially surrounding us. I noticed that neither of the men were knocking on the door, they were just standing in front of it, both staring at me. I was freaked out and decided to walk as confidently as possible past the men in front of me and quickly turned down the corner that was the closest way to get home. I had a feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach, so I decided to walk into the neighbor's darkened yard and hide, as I did. I saw the car with the four men driving down the road very slowly. I waited and about three minutes later they drove past again very slowly. I decided to run after they turned down the street again. I told myself you have three minutes so I ran as fast as I could and hid in another neighbor's yard. When once again the car drove past slowly now with someone in the passenger seat using a flashlight seemingly searching for us. Once they drove past again, I ran as fast as I could, making it into the garage, just in time to see the car drive slowly past with a flashlight again. I put my son inside and watched, and they drove past two more times. I don't walk at night if I can avoid it, and never would my son. I also carry a .38 revolver and sharp knives. I sincerely believe that they were trying to snatch us, but luckily we got away because I listened to my gut. Please be safe and always trust your intuition. Several years ago, when I was 25, I lived with, at the time, one of my best friends. Our relationship eventually started to dwindle, as it usually goes when you move in with a good friend, so she was rarely home. This night, however, she ended up staying at our place, heading to bed early. I was a server at the time, so I stayed up pretty late, usually, watching YouTube and smoking pot. This night was no different than any other, except for the fact that my neighbor tried to kidnap me. I'll go ahead and give you some background info on my house and my neighbors. We lived in a three-bedroom house with two of the bedrooms and the kitchen facing our crazy neighbors. They were a young couple living in a smaller mill house. They are constantly coming to our door, asking for handouts. Now, normally I would be happy to help a neighbor out, but they would come over and ask for crazy shit like for us to fill up an old Mountain Dew bottle with water, because theirs got shot off, beer, and once they literally asked me for a dollar. They would constantly be knocking on our door, asking for help, when we wouldn't answer. I'd peek through the window to see them either jacking a cigarette butt from our ashtray, we pressing their eyeballs against the door peephole people to see if they could spot us. Anyway, there I was smoking weed and watching YouTube on the couch when I heard a knock on the door. I rolled my eyes because I knew exactly who came a knocking. It's 11 p.m. I checked the peephole, and sure enough, the boyfriend was on my porch. Normally, I would just walk away and continue with my life, but he looked like he was in distress. I opened the door to see what was up. Uh, I just wanted to come over to see if you would film my engagement. I got my girlfriend a ring, here in my pocket, and I need you to follow me into my backyard and film it for me. Baffled but curious, I told him congrats and said that I would be out in a second, just needed to put shoes on. I shut the door behind me and locked it, quickly ran into the back room and looked out into the backyard. I peeked through the blinds to see the setup. Nothing. Pitch black darkness, no signs of decorations or anything like that. Naturally, I woke up my roommate and told her what was going on. Uh, yeah, fuck that. She said to me, and we both walked back up to the door after the boyfriend started banging on the door. I couldn't see anything and was confused all the way up until he pulled his eyeball away from the peephole. I quickly turned around and put my back against the door. My roommate came running back to the door from her room, manning two wire hangers for protection. We both clung onto the hangers and sat up against the door until he finally left. We were so freaked out but wanted to make sure we weren't overreacting. We went out our back door and hopped into the car so we could do a drive-by. They always had their front door open and also didn't have any blinds so it was easy to see in the house. Slowly, we crept in the car and peered into the living room. Sitting on the couch, all staring at the wall, looking strung out, was a couple and an older man. We sped off and ended up staying at a friend's house that night. I never answered the door for either of them again. One day I came home from work and an older lady was parked in their driveway. She walked up to me as I got out of my car and asked if I knew where the neighbors were. I told her I hadn't seen them in a while and she informed me that she was the owner. She told me that they were months late on the rent, and that she finally came to evict them. She entered the home to find it completely trashed, needles and garbage everywhere, holes in the wall, and literal shit on the floor. I told her that I was sorry that she had to deal with all of that, but I was happy that they were finally gone. I'm not 100% sure what was going on that night, but I'm glad I didn't follow him to the backyard. In February 2012, I went to visit my grandfather's grave for his birthday. His death was really hard for me to deal with, as he had died in March of 2011, and it was still very fresh to me. I was kneeling in front of his grave, with my head down, mourning and crying, when my body went into full dangerous close mode. I looked up to see a man running full sprint from the woods surrounding the cemetery. I forced myself to get to my truck as quickly as possible without the man getting close to me. By the time I made it to the truck, he had gotten about 50 feet from me. I jumped in and locked the door, much to his apparent displeasure. He threw his hands up in a huff like his favorite team had just lost a football game. I started the truck and drove out as fast as I could, but not before driving right past him. I didn't break eye contact for a second, and neither did he, so I got a really good look at his face. Cut to a few years later, I'm bored at work and decided to download an app that had a ton of paranormal, cryptid, serial killer, and UFO articles. As I was browsing through the serial killer, I came across one that made my heart drop into my ass, Israel Keyes. Most known for murdering an underage girl in Alaska, dismembering her body, and dropping the pieces into a frozen lake he would bury kill kits in places long before he ever committed the crimes after the incident in alaska he had traveled into texas for a wedding in a city not too far from where i lived and had disappeared for a bit and no one in his family knew where he was he was arrested in that city and brought to the prison one city over from me before he was brought back to alaska to stand trial about a year ago, I found a book about him that provided a lot of details I had given here. He had been killed for years, and no one knows what the actual death toll was. He eventually killed himself in prison. At the end of the book about him, he described some of his favorite places to abduct people. Public parks and cemeteries. I often wonder if there's a kill kit buried in those woods. You were fast, Israel, but I was faster and I'm glad we didn't officially meet. When I was about 9 or 10, I went with my dad and my siblings to goodwill after church service. I can't remember why we went there, to be honest, since my dad doesn't really like shopping. Anyway, we went straight to the appliance section, and we're just standing there for a while while my dad was looking at a couple of mason jars. I remember my brother and sister messing around a little bit away to the left of him. I looked around behind me and saw a broken toy violin across the store in an electronic section. I was extremely intrigued by it for some reason, despite not having a significant interest in music at the time. I for some reason didn't ask my dad and just sped across the store to check it out. After walking past a couple rows, I approached the violin and started pushing the colored buttons, indicating the different strings. For like five minutes, I just stood there pressing the buttons, even though no sound came out. I suddenly felt someone standing so close to me that I could feel the heat coming from behind me. Before I turned, I heard a man say, Hey, that's a pretty cool violin. I wasn't as panicked as I should have been and literally just turned my head to the side and saw this greasy guy with a beer belly and an extremely long blonde ponytail touching his waist, wearing a baseball cap, stained wife beater, and cargo shorts. I just kind of stared at him like, oh, (laughs) haha, yeah. He picked it up and was like, dang, how much do you think you can get for this? It looks pretty expensive. As I just stood there, uh, I don't know. It's plastic. He then said, That was nice playing. You could become a pro one day. Then he was just staring at me like, for way too long. I started to get a weird feeling, but thankfully my sister came up behind me and yanked me back and legit said, Get away from him. He's a pedo. And dragged me back to where my dad and brother were. The guy quickly put his violin down and started walking across to the entrance. I remember my sister continued scolding me, And for some reason, I kept saying, Stop, I'm talking to him. What the heck? I'm pretty sure I know what stranger danger is. What was kind of strange, though, is that my dad was still looking at the same jars in the same spot the entire time. I think at least 15 minutes had passed. My sister told him I was talking to a stranger, but I just remember him saying, Okay, time to go. And that was that. I can't remember the rest of the day. Strangely enough, I started learning violin for strings class later that 5th grade year, but just picked it up again senior year. I recall this event randomly, while practicing. Okay, so I was 23 at the time, and this happened last March during Easter Sunday. I live in Canada, and I am a native woman. Little backstory. I was in an accident and was rushed to the hospital two hours away from where I lived. I spent the day in the hospital and finally was discharged that evening. I couldn't find a ride home or family willing to pick me up. Plus I had no phone, nothing only in my wallet, everything else was lost during the rollover. It was about 2 am when I called a taxi, yes, I know, stupid. My family always told me and warned me about co-op taxis. Those men are creepy, but I literally had no choice. I got picked up, and the taxi man right away asked, Want to come camp at my place? I can bring you home tomorrow. I told him I had to be home tonight. He then offered to buy me coffee right before we left the city. I noticed when he was ordering through the drive-thru, he took a while to give me my drink. Me being paranoid, I thought he might have slipped something in there. I held it during the whole ride, but didn't drink it. He was taking me through all these weird back roads I had never been before. I know the way back from the city, but he insisted that we were going the right way. As we were getting closer, he kept asking me weird questions. He asked, Can a man like me come date women out here? Will your men do anything? Am I allowed to be here? He was Muslim, but the one that scared me the most was when he asked, Do you want to come back to the city with me and be my wife? Let's go to your house and pack up all your clothes and you can come back with me. He also asked at the point, What if I never bring you back? What do you think would happen? Let me tell you, I've never prayed so hard to make it home, alive, in my entire life. I thought I was going to be another missing and murdered indigenous woman. Nobody knew I was coming home. Nobody bothered to try to pick me up. And my house was empty when I got home. Sometimes I think, what would it even matter if I came home or not? I know I'm fortunate to have lived through the accident and being brought home, but it just hurts that no one was there to see if I was okay mentally or emotionally. I've told some people this story and they just told me it's my fault, do it again. I just figured I'd write this here, needed to get it out. So when I was a kid, my family was really close to the the across-the-street neighbors. I was playing outside with a daughter when my parents told us that they were going to run to the store for a bit. We asked them if we could stay at my house. As her parents were home right across the street, I had a cool Barbie dream house. My parents said yes and made sure to tell her parents to keep an eye out. Once we were inside, we were thrilled to have the house to ourselves, just like big kids. We made ourselves some lunch and watched cartoons for a bit. There was a sudden knock at the door and the fun begins. Because of the urgency of the knock, I hopped up and ran to the door thinking it was my parents who forgot something. After looking through the side window, I saw what looked to be my friend's brother. I flung the door open and there's a man who was not my friend's dorky six foot tall brother. The man looked jumpy and told me that he needed to come inside because he had just hit my parent's car. I immediately panicked and asked him which one. He took a few steps back to look at the driveway and said, the red one, my mom's prized BMW. Now, don't judge me too harshly. I was maybe nine or ten and someone told me that they ruined the car that my mom loved just as much, if not more, than us kids. I blurted out that my parents weren't home and he told me that he still needed me to come out to see the damages because obviously a nine-year-old can access the damages to a 1990s convertible BMW. I looked back at my friend and while we chatted, he reached out to open the screen door. It was locked, but it was one of those shitty plastic ones that could easily have been yanked off with a little hard pull. It wasn't until then that my alarm bells went off. I told him I had to call my mom. He started to protest, but I slammed the door shut and immediately called my friend's mom. Thankfully, she's a pretty intimidating lady, and she marched over before we could even finish explaining what just happened. The man was obviously startled by someone getting there so quickly. When she demanded to know why he was at the door, he stammered something about selling magazines. Obviously, he didn't have anything with him, so she told him to get lost, and she was calling the cops. It was at this point I looked out and noticed the car pull up, and he quickly went to hop in. I think that's when we all came to the realization at the same time that someone had been in the car waiting for him at the top of the street. My friend's mom turned white as a ghost with recognition, then immediately red with anger. Let's just say we weren't allowed to be home alone for a long time after that. I was 14 at the time and stopped over that night at a friend's house. It was around 8 p.m. when we decided to go out to buy some cookie mix. But since I left all my clothes at home, I had to borrow my friend's fairly short summer dress. Since it was quite bitter outside, I wrapped my face around with my scarf, put as many socks on as I could find, and headed out. We only had a few bucks to spend, so we were in the shops rummaging for quite a while. That was when a nice older man asked if we wanted the rest of his change. And being the children we were, we obviously said yes and gladly took his money. But we couldn't find the mix we were looking for, so we decided to go to a shop that was more up the hill. We crossed the road and started making our way up the hill when this small blue car pulled up. It was an old man. He reached his hand out the window and said he found some more cash in his car. I remember thinking, wow, what a generous old man. So I took the money thanked him and continued walking up the hill. When we were around a quarter way up the hill, I saw the same blue car turn the bend and pull up in front of us. It was the same old man. He reaches his hand out and says, oops, I forgot about these and handed us a bunch of loose change. I started to panic a little, but regardless, I took the money to be polite and he drove off around the bend. I told my friends that I was starting to get a tad suspicious of the bloke but since they were around a year younger than me, and both had autism, I don't think they really understand the severity of the situation. We carried on, walking although this time, I made sure that we walked a little bit faster. Not even a minute later, the blue car pulled around the bend and parked in front of us once again. This time he said, Oh, I found you a fiver. He yet again reached his arm out and waited for me to take it. I started to go into panic mode, I generally felt as if I, or one of my friends, was about to get very hurt. I had to think fast, so I pulled down my scarf so I could talk to him better, and said, Thank you very much, sir. And very quickly took his money and pulled the scarf back up. He mumbled to himself, So that's what you look like. Which quickly was followed by, Oh no, it's fine, really. In a somewhat of a skittish, or I guess embarrassing manner, he rolled up his window and quickly drove off. I never saw him again after that. I know, probably not one of the creepiest, but it was scary for a 14 year old me. This was quite a while ago. I was about eight or nine years old and my dream was to be an archeologist. A friend of my mom's knew someone that was actual real life archeologist. Imagine my excitement. I was expecting one of those Indiana Jones types, instead she was a 20 year old postgraduate student that worked at my city's natural history museum. I met her at a gathering that my mom's friend threw and started talking to her about my interest in the field. I think she found my fascination with her area charming as she invited me over to the research section of the museum so I could look at things that weren't open for the public. It was a very cool experience which I greatly enjoyed. The creepy part came after my visit was over. As a way to thank my new archaeologist friend for the tour, my mom offered her a ride to her house, which she accepted. At this point, it was maybe 8 p.m. I don't really remember, but at this point, it was already dark out. When we arrived at her house, we noticed that there was a person waiting in a car with all the lights off in front of her driveway. The archaeologist was kind of creeped out by this, especially since her roommate wasn't in town. So my mom told her not to worry and that we would wait until she entered her house before we left. She exited the car and went into her home without any incident. However, as soon as she closed her door, the parked car, still without lights on, drove off in a hurry, with tires screeching and everything. Even though it might seem kind of uneventful, it still really creeps me out to think what would have happened if I hadn't been invited to the museum, if my mom hadn't offered her a ride home that day. this happened when i was around four my mom and i were walking on a large sidewalk when i arrived at a crossroad where we had to wait to cross the street at the street corner right behind me the spot where we were waiting there is this very big gray building since there are no glass walls you wouldn't be able to see what was around the corner until you reached the end of the sidewalk to where my mom and i were so out of nowhere my mom turns around real quick and pulls my arm strongly All I can remember is looking behind me to find a woman stretching out both of her arms in my direction with her hands positioned to grab me. My mom took me off the ground by her arm, slammed me against her chest and hugged me and started yelling at the woman, something along the lines of, what the fuck, are you insane? The woman likely saw us from a distance and decided to hide behind the building right on the edge. So once we passed by her, she could grab me To this day, I wonder what the hell the woman would have done if she had managed to snatch me from my mom. This isn't that interesting, but I'm pretty sure I almost got kidnapped a few months ago. Every night, I walk my dog, a lab mix, around 4-7pm because it's winter and it's been getting darker earlier lately. I usually have music blasting in my earbuds and keep my head down because of how cold and windy it is. But one day, I was walking my dog closer to 8ish. I noticed a truck slowing to a stop next to me. At first, I didn't think anything of it because it was a stop sign. But the man driving parked and got out of his truck. I took out my earbuds as I walked by with my dog, who since he's young, is pretty excited around strangers. He started barking and straining against his prong collar and the man, who started walking around the bed of his truck, got back in and drove off. I'm pretty sure if my wild, sweetheart dog wasn't there, the man would have tried to do something. Needless to say, I went home pretty quick after that. I'm a 32 year old male. I had to walk a mile from the bus station to get to my house as a kid. The road I lived on was a small gravel road, so the bus didn't go down it as part of its route. It was in a very rural part of Pennsylvania in the 90s. I hated that walk, especially when a storm was rolling in or something. I was walking down the road, which had no other houses on the whole road besides our house. Suddenly, a car stopped next to me and asked me if I want a ride. I don't remember saying yes, necessarily, but they managed to convince me to get in. It was a teeny car, and two men sat in the front and three in the back. They told me that there was plenty of space, but I had to sit on one of the dude's laps. I remember like it was yesterday, that when they dropped me off, I can remember them all waving to me super happy, shouting out the car, Thanks. Thank you. I casually mentioned it later to my parents that night, and my father got furious and interrogated me on what happened and who they were, what they looked like. Exactly what did they say etc. I remember them asking me if I was my father's son They knew his name and that's how they made me feel like it was okay to get in the car He repeatedly yelled at me that I'm never to go into anybody's car I remember him being fixated and asking me about how and what they said when they thanked me I remember him making some phone calls and rushing out for the majority of the night What sticks out with me is, I remember the ride seeming way longer than it should have been. I remember having this feeling of dread, like I might never actually be back at my house again. I remember a sense of disbelief and relief when they actually dropped me off in front of my house. I grew up in a big house that was in the corner of a quiet street, right in front of a five-star retirement home. On the other side of the street, in between the big beautiful houses, was a small, old house with wood covering all the windows. If you didn't live on my street, you'd probably think that no one lived in that sketchy house. Throughout the day, random cars would pull up into the back of the house where they couldn't be seen and I would see men walk out of the house. Sometimes the men would sit on the front porch and drink and smoke. Around 9.30 each night, the nurse and caregiver shifts would change at the retirement home. In front of my house, there was a bus stop where all the employees would wait for the bus or for their rides. It was approximately 10 p.m. on a warm night in June. I was in the basement and had the windows cracked open. I was at home with my mom and three sisters when I heard screaming from outside. My sisters heard it as well. We looked outside of the windows, but it was too dark to see anything clearly. We saw a woman running around the three cars in our driveway and assumed that someone was breaking into one of our cars, but she was being chased by two men. We got scared and ran inside to our mom. My sisters and I were young teens at the time and too scared to go outside. The screaming continued for a few minutes and I saw the men grab the woman and try pushing her into the trunk of their SUV. She was trying hard to fight and resist. At that exact moment, my dad was arriving home and noticed a black jeep with the trunk open, blocking the street. Flashed his lights and honked at them, not thinking anything was going on. The kidnappers must have thought someone had spotted what they were doing and immediately threw the woman on the ground, got into the jeep and drove off. My dad parked his car and found the woman on the ground. She was crying so much and she kept thanking my dad. As my dad connected the dots, he realized he stopped her from getting thrown into the vehicle. He looked around and saw a few men standing outside the sketchy house and realized that they were watching the whole kidnapping happen without interfering. He invited the woman into our home and she called the police. She was a 55-year-old nurse and she told us that she waits outside of her house for her son to pick her up every night. When the police arrived, they took statements and gathered the kidnapper's fingerprints.